Hi, welcome to Real Good Stuff. I'm Scott Clapson. We are here today recording at a Million Drops Learning Center. We have a special guest today with us, John Billingsley from the Hollywood Food Coalition. John, how are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. Getting over a cold, but <laughs> peachy keen. And peachy keen. I think we all are in Los Angeles. It seems to be lingering for a lot of people. December is creeping crud season. <laughs> creeping crud season. So, John, you are the co-executive director, volunteer... Executive yes, I, pre director. I preface it always with I'm the co-volunteer <laughs> executive, executive director of the Hollywood Food Coalition because in, in a way, I won't say it's a point of pride, but it is a real reality of what makes us unique is that we are largely a volunteer-run organization. So there are oh, wow. three artistic, uh, co I'm an artistic director, I used to be a theater person. There are three executive directors and we, we, we basically have one hat and we pass it around the circle. Okay, that's cool. So... So you share kind of, you kind of share the role. So it's not just one person in charge. Yeah. The organization's 32 years old, but okay. up until the last few years, it's largely been run by a single individual. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, the gentleman who founded it has been uh, away from us for the last five, six, seven or so years. Sherry Bonanno okay. has been at the helm. But she was so the chief cook and bottle washer that she was, you know, up in the morning and she worked all day and dropped into bed at night and seemingly never had a break. Yeah. So when I joined, I one of the things I did was suggested in expanding the board and sharing the responsibilities of executive directorship, she considered bringing two more people on to really kind of formalize her responsibilities and divvy them up. Because she does a lot. She is amazing. She is one of those rare people you will meet in this world, and I hope she can be on your program sometime. Yes. She's so busy, it's always hard to rank yeah. her. But she's one of those rare people. I've met a few in my lifetime that just you just want to follow them because their heart is so big that you feel like mm -hmm. it's almost a spiritual undertaking to kind of tie yourself to them. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm always rendered somewhat speechless in my admiration for her, for her her extraordinary compassion. She's just one of those people who, when she sees somebody in need, she just drops everything, stops, and presents. What can I do? Now, sometimes that makes it a little difficult to run the business. <laughs> but it's you like, need that kind of person, Sherry, though, right? We had a meeting at 12. <laughs> I know, but this person needed to be bandaged. This person needed to be, hence, my role the hatchet man. Well, and people before programs, right? Like, like, like your role is very important, right? What you do with the Hollywood Food Coalition is very important. But having someone also that's got that heart like it's Sherry has. It's a balancing act. All, right? not, yeah. all not-for-profits yeah. are. And all businesses are. It's yeah. a really, really tricky thing because people before programs up until the point you kill the program, at which, at which point you don't have a not-for-profit anymore. Well, it doesn't seem like Hollywood Food Coalition's going anywhere. You all just keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. Well, we do, but we also have to, and I'm... You know, I'm nothing but not candid because I believe desperately in our mission, but at the same time, one of the challenges is if we try to provide more services to every individual who walks through our door than we can possibly provide, we undercut our capacity to stay alive. Okay. We, we primarily provide an amazing, hot, five-course meal to people. 
we, in an ancillary fashion, also provide other services. We hand out shoes and backpacks and toiletry kits and et cetera. And Sherry, because she's a remarkable person and some of the mm -hmm. other people in our organization, help individuals as she or they can. But we're not really set up to navigate people through the wide array of social service programs that exist in our community. We have to grow mm -hmm. slowly in relationship with other not-for-profits so that we can funnel some of the people who come to us to other places where they mm -hmm. can get help we can't provide. Sherry's amazing impulse to stop and help is extraordinary, mm -hmm. and my role on some level is to say, but wait. <laughs> we have a board meeting. We have a budget yeah. meeting. We have a mm -hmm. this. We have a that. We have a the other. Because those things are necessary to running a nonprofit. Yeah. I mean, I come from a film and television background, and there's a guy playing the role of line producer. I'm an actor. Yeah. And the line producer is always the most hated guy on the set because the line producer is the one who's tapping his watch and saying, <laughs> we need to make our day. You can't get, you don't get another take. Come on, yeah. move it on, move it on, move it right. on. A, a little bit of what I do is line produce. And I, and that ain't my background. I mean, I'm an yeah. actor, so I'm not na the natural fit for this position. Right. Um, but somebody sometimes has to play the heavy. <laughs> I, I think I'm the head. Uh, really, I, I I would have never guessed John Billingsley. I would have never guessed you playing the. I'm, a, I'm yes. I try and I try and ameliorate my my viciousness with with honey tongued words of praise. Soft, gentle encomiums. Ameliorate. I think you use the biggest word that's ever been used on Real Good Stuff, and I appreciate really? that. Yeah, we were just actually, for the listeners... Nobody um, said supercalifragilistic expialidocious not, before? Not yet, but then I think you just said the biggest the word in the language. Um, so we were talking before this, uh, you've never been to A Million Drops, we are talking about the books in here before uh, the podcast, I right? And John was gushing over the books, and That's I gush over the books. the first thing I do when and, I walk into somebody's yeah. home. Where are the books? Where are the books? Where are the books? Well, it's so important, you know, like stories and people's stories, but also like realizing like what you're doing with the Hollywood Food Coalition is helping to tell this story in a larger context, right? Beyond just, because people are going to show up. People show up here all the time in different states of need, but also at the same time, when when we are running an organization or when people are running an organization together, how do you gather people that have the same vision and have as many moving parts as you all do? Because you all have a lot of moving parts because you don't even, there's so many experiences that I had with the Hollywood Food Coalition. That's why I wanted you all on podcast with me. Well, because let me, let me you interrupt feed and, people and yeah. you give people blankets and you met me where I was. It wasn't your board members. It was your volunteers just like, hey, would you like some more water? Well, and our volunteers are our board members. So you probably right. in all likelihood And that's possibly, actually, yeah. yeah. Brian Mathena, key board member. Oh, yeah. He's and let, awesome. Let me back up for those sure. folks who are hearing this and thinking, well, what the hell is the Hollywood Food Coalition? And start yeah. by telling you a bit about it. Absolutely. 32 years years old, started with a wonderful gentleman who decided, Ted Landreth, that it was important to feed people uh, at least you know once a day a decent meal on the streets where they lived. Okay. For years and years and years, he essentially funded this organization out of his own pocket. And the meals were, I won't say rudimentary, but they were, you know, by definition, because he didn't have a huge funding base, right. you know, they weren't five-course extravaganzas. Mm -hmm. And basically, food was delivered around town mm -hmm. on a truck. Um, on a van. We served at Sycamore and Romaine. Six or seven or so years ago, the decision was made to kind of um, 
uh, try and meet the need on the ground by expanding. Okay. We've eventually, uh, we moved into the Salvation Army. We share their kitchen. We now serve anywhere between 150 to 250 people every night, a five-course meal. Wow. Salad, soup, multiple choice of casseroles, desserts, etc. And in addition, as I think I mentioned earlier, we try and make sure that we are able to hand out clothing every week. We have a medical van and a vision van that come once a week. And we try and hook people up as best we can mm -hmm. to other organizations able to provide other services. Right. We see more people on a daily basis than any other not-for-profit working with this population in Hollywood. But there are limits to what we can do, and so much of what we believe in is in the collaborative process. The nature of coalition building means make friends with other organizations who are providing key services, see how you can help each other out. And that's a lot of what I, I believe, and it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to be siloed as organizations. We all have our hands full. As you say, this organization, all organizations, have so many moving parts. Right. Uh, the population itself mm -hmm. is challenging because on any given day you don't know who might be knocking at your door, what their needs might be, right. what their you know level of distraughtness might be. What's and happened to them in their day? What's happened to them? What's in their happened day. to them in the line? Exactly, what's which is what's you know a real thing. What the particular constellation of volunteers is going to be that right. night? Because we have volunteers coming in every day to make the meal, and a different team comes in to serve the meal. <sighs> Oh, wow, that's, that's right. One, one of the things that, to me, is really so beautiful about the organization and one of the things that appealed to me was the idea that it gives people in our community a chance to relate to folks who are living on the streets or mm -hmm. who are living in need so that they can see that they are human beings going through shit, just right. like you, Mr. Volunteer, are a human being going through your shit. Right. And it breaks down, I think, those barriers that produce nimbyism. When we view people as an other that's living separate and distinct mm -hmm. from us in their own peculiar, perverse, dark, twisted world. It's easy to demonize them, to oppress them, and to give them the back of our hand. Right. Because we meet people every day, volunteers every day. We can say, you know, why don't you just kind of hang out and get to know the folks who are in need, see if that changes your worldview. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of what makes, to me, the work we do important. Thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of volunteers come through our doors what you just said is so powerful and that's a big part of the culture of hollywood food coalition that i find is missing in a lot of other nonprofits. and i feel like for me that's why telling you all story and getting you all telling your story in yeah. a bigger way is so yeah. important because it I is. feel like other it nonprofits is. don't necessarily need to come and join what you all are doing per se. People can for sure. But I feel like other nonprofits and other folks that are doing this work have a lot to learn from what you just it's, shared because there's a culture it, there that it's, happens. It's, it's a culture. It's also a challenge. I used to be on the board of the AIDS Service Center, okay. which also did, I think, wonderful work for the community. Yeah. I had much less contact with our clients because right. rules of confidentiality yeah. and the nature of the of the specific challenges of dealing with people therapeutically. Yeah. One of the things we do is we provide, and I don't mean to at all minimize the importance of it, but we provide a basic human function. You don't need a PhD to make a fruit salad and serve it to somebody. That's what allows us to bring thousands of You might, because I'm not so I, good at that. Well, all right. You know, I, <laughs> if you can find a PhD program that teaches you the art of fruit salad making, it sounds like a Trump University program to me. Southern New Hampshire University. Uh -huh. $5,000 a year, we will teach you how to I'm make the best damn fruit they salad. They don't have a fruit salad program, yeah. but we could start one. Um, but I, my point being that there, there's only a certain replicability. Mm -hmm. 
to what we do because yeah. not all not-for-profits can bring volunteers in without extensive training because right. the nature of the interactions are different. Yeah. So I think it is one of the, the values of our program, but I, I don't fool myself into thinking it is something that can necessarily be easily duplicated. But having said that, I do believe in what led me to this work in the first place is a very strong sense that one of the things we as a culture need to do is we need to encourage people to find their volunteer bliss and pursue it because giving back to the community should be a critical part of what makes us human beings. And I think some of that has to, has to come from how we as a culture give people a sense of the wide array of options that are available mm -hmm. to them. You can teach, you can read to kids, you can volunteer in classrooms. If it's about social justice, go find an organization that fights for that. If it's about gun safety, go find an organization. I'm a progressive, so I'm not uh, obviously gonna be recommending that people go and join some kind of a Republican cult. Don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> but if you're a lefty volunteer, and if you're not a lefty volunteer, if you're a conservative volunteer, volunteer for something that's, you know, just like beneficial. Go work for the public library, you know? That's a great organization. It's a great or it's an amazing I love organization. The public library, yeah. Teach a kid to read. I, I happen to be, I, I'm very political, so some okay. of my volunteer impulse went towards, you know, registering voters yeah. or working on a political campaign. Mm -hmm. My my fundamental mission in life is to say, let a hundred flowers bloom, but give the fuck back to your community. Yeah. You know, whatever that means. That's so interesting because that was my first podcast series that I did was on volunteering in my hometown and highlighting people that their stories might not get told. Yeah. You know, in the community. And, and, and they often were like the Sherry Bonanos, you know, the people that were making things run that weren't yeah. the people that were like in the paper taking credit for everything. They were the actual people that were doing the work. And it's just so interesting. Like, the more we started doing that, the more people were like noticing that in real life and realizing that like, Oh, it really does take a group of people yeah. volunteering and coming together and, to make stuff like and, those and, and 250 know, people being fed a night happen. Yeah, That's a lot. Yeah, and the thing is, is that, you know, it, it isn't about like, you know, not everybody's, I, I ain't Mother Teresa. I mean, I leave a lot of time in my life for my pals and reading books and taking trips and I'm a professional actor. Figure out what you can give. To give does not mean give everything. Just be realistic about what you can mm -hmm. do, but just up, dial it up a little bit. That's all. Just dial it how up much, a little bit. How much time do you estimate you give? Well, I'm now. To I mean, I the Hollywood Food Coalition. Just I like, I amped it up a lot, so yeah. I'm probably putting in around 25 or 30 hours a week. Wow. But I'm but I'm. You have to understand. I'm 59 years old. I've had a long career as an actor. I did reasonably well. I didn't have kids. I don't need the dough. So I have the ability to dial it up more than somebody else might. If if dialing it up for for Joe Schlebotnik is putting an extra two hours a week in, that's that's great. Mm -hmm. I think you have to meet people where you are. When when I try and bring people either onto the board or into various capacities within our organization, mm -hmm. I think it's always really important for me to say, I, be honest about what you can do. I'm not, I'm not asking, we are not asking you to do more than you're comfortable doing. Yeah. If you fall in love with the organization and you change your life a little bit to provide right. more to us, well, then that's a choice that you made after yeah. you got to know us. Yeah. I, I came in, I made a fruit salad. Three years later, I'm the co-executive director. Life is weird, you know? <laughs> How did you find out about the Hollywood Food Coalition? Well, I started a group called PUSH, which was people unwilling to sit on their haunches after the demon was elected in 2016, and the okay. gag was to try and do what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. which is to try and encourage people to you know get more involved in their communities. And I found that I needed to have more... Um, 
more of a specific focus out of the gate, a few organizations or a few actions that mm-hmm. were very concrete that I could enlist people to join. Yeah. And I had a friend who was volunteering at the Food Coalition as a you know potato peeler, and she said to me, she said to my wife, come and volunteer. We uh, showed up one day. I just fell in love with the place, and the next thing you know, we took a meeting with Sherry. We found out what she needed. We talked to some of the people in PUSH. We got people involved picking up and rescuing food, and pretty soon... Push disappeared because this organization was such a, a, a beautiful place to see what I wanted to achieve mm-hmm. put into action. I just channeled all my energies into it. Oh, cool. And so we now have, you know, it's a, for, I walk around and I give cards out like they are candy. Come join us. 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 Because it's a great way for people to do something without feeling they're signing their life away. Come and make a fruit salad. It's really easy. Come so, and serve people at dinner. It's really easy. It is It is really easy. Pick and up, it's really easy up. to be in community with people. People find it, I think, intimidating to you know the homeless or people who are low income or poverty level or whatever. But they're, they're me. They're just like me. Well, right? and I also think it's really difficult sometimes to volunteer because a lot of organizations do want you to, you know, fill out forms and go through a training program. So you don't need to be trained. You can just show up. You need to show up. I mean, obviously, if somebody comes in with um, tippy-top culinary skills, we're going to get them behind the counter making casseroles. <laughs> tippy-top. But, but I don't have tippy-top culinary <laughs> skills. And even I, idiot that I am, can make a fruit salad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, and you can make a fruit salad and too. You, you can hide make a fruit your salad light salad under too. a bushel, but you know that I you do make. hide my light under a bushel. Yes. I do. I like to do that. Well, because when people find out that you can do things, you get roped into volunteering and finding your volunteer uh, bliss. Uh, That's a great name then, for this episode, yes. finding Find your, your volunteer, volunteer bliss. bliss. Yes. Uh, so if people want to learn more about the Hollywood Food Coalition, where would they go? What's well, the, the website? the first place to go would probably be our website, which okay. is hofoco.org, H-O-F-O-C-O.org. Okay. You can sign up for either a serving or a cooking shift. Okay. The cooking shifts in the afternoon start around two ish, run till about five ish, give or take. Kind of depends upon how busy that day is, how much food we have coming in. Sometimes people don't stay the whole shift. Sometimes we we, we even ask people to slop over five thirty ish. And then the evening shift is around five thirty to eight. Okay. Uh, We we serve people from six thirty to eight. Because we share a facility with the Salvation Army and we're serving people in the dining hall and in the um, the wing where some of the kids have aged out of foster care are living. Okay. We have a sort of prohibition that we really have to have everybody out by 8 o'clock. Okay. Uh, 8 o'clock, we basically close the doors, we do some cleanup, and volunteers are released at 8.30, okay. roughly speaking. And then we have another component. We have uh, what we call the pickup artist program. Yeah. And that's around 30 or 35 people who essentially my wife kind of runs this program, who make themselves available on an as-available basis. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's forced to do anything they don't want to do. We stay in touch with them on a regular basis, and we let them know what pickups are available around mm-hmm. town. People will go to a studio and pick up food from a TV show, for instance, mm-hmm. at lunch. Because this amazing food, you know, if you've ever been on a TV show or a film and you've seen the food they serve, it's like you salivate. I mean, yeah. And it's great because we're able to pick up steak and chicken and pork and fish and amazing fresh vegetables. We clean out their salads. We take their desserts. We bring it back to our place, and it gets repurposed into casseroles. So the chicken and the fish and the pork and the meat 
obviously for the carnivores, but we also make vegetarian casseroles okay. with amazing fresh vegetables. Um, the pickup artist program, I think, has done one thing. It has, A, it dramatically improved the quality of the food we serve, the quality of the meal. Okay. It also, we are now picking up so much food that we're able to share it with other organizations. Oh, so cool. So we are sharing it. I believe we share food with a million drops. Yes. We share food with other not-for-profits, battered women's shelters, churches. We have helped to grow the community understanding that food can and should be rescued, that there's no reason why anybody should go hungry in our city. Right. So that's one of the other things for me in joining up that I wanted to really emphasize was that Hollywood, because we're the hub, you know, people mm-hmm. think of Los Angeles, they think of Hollywood. Food is what we deal with, food. Yeah. Coalition, we build coalitions. Yes. We share food, grow understanding of how that works. That's awesome. And I, it's so amazing because part of um, uh, Micah, bought the director yep. of A Million Drops, yep. she has a larger uh, nonprofit called uh, Unfuck the world. Unfuck the world. And a lot of it is about like being aware of like um, waste, right? And and the landfill and, you know, the planet that we're on and and being community, right? And all of that and ways that we can change that. And so we're very aware here of like, you know, trying not to use disposables and and also food waste and things like that. And so for me, that's a big thing, right? Because people don't realize that food waste is actually a bigger part of our waste stream that goes into our landfill yeah. makes up almost 50% or more of our waste that yeah. goes out into the landfill. It's not recycling. It's not the cans and the bottles and the paper and all of that. It's food waste. And so what you all are doing by sort of salvaging this food and taking it and giving it a new life, so to speak, at dinner time. Well, the LA Food Policy Council, which I think does extraordinary work. Yeah. It's basically, uh, you know, they now have, uh, God, how many organizations? I want to say, is it possible they have 400 organizations? I don't want to go out on a limb. A large number of organizations that are involved in every possible aspect of food okay. rescue um, are umbrellaed under the LA Food Policy Council. They have okay. regular consistent interesting meetings about all aspects of food rescue okay you know getting food out of the uh the landfills through better um recycling through uh micro grocery stores in underprivileged communities through the kind of food rescue we do okay it's an extraordinary organization i encourage people who are are interested in this subject la food policy council check it out yeah it's a great organization wow we're this is like a whole like turn that this podcast just took that I wasn't expecting to talk about that. But yeah, that's so important. Well, we just started, um, we have a garden out here and uh, we just planted um, uh, veggie starts and things because one of my big passions is this is a zone 10, like gardening space, right? In LA. And people don't realize that, that we can grow all year round. And I wanted to use social media and that garden to educate people through yeah. the A Million Drops social media and through my own social media stuff with Real Good Stuff and my own Facebook page about the fact that we can. We can grow things all year long. And and the veggie starts are amazing. Micah went out there yesterday and was just really super happy and surprised. And it's all organic. We're using organic plant food. We've partnered with uh, Ivy Organics uh, and Charles Melky, our gardening teacher, who's hopefully going to be coming back in the winter That's great. to do some gardening stuff with us. And just, you know, that same thought of like, where does our food come from and how do we, you know, I don't know what you all are doing is great. Cause I love that you're, you're also like utilizing resources that are happening well, locally. I like there are all these kind of, you know, little cool, uh, the startups that they go around and they pick up your composting for you. 
um, which I think is a oh, really yeah, cool business right. model in its own right. And the idea that the Recycla, the um, L.A. movement to try and improve the nature of how waste pickup happens and to make sure that more stuff is, is going into, uh, you know, uh, it gets mulched instead of yeah. going into landfills. Uh, I, I think what they're doing to try and also spread around where possible um, – what are those things called? Those beds where you 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 you, uh, you you throw your organics? There's a word for it, and I'm spacing on it. I don't uh, know. Com- like compost beds. Yeah. And they're, and they're kind of like these. I, I've seen the pictures of them. Okay. You know, like these uh, 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 things that Recycla could theoretically deliver to your premise. Okay. Uh, to your premises, where you could you could essentially have a composting bed, and it would be part of of what Recycla in their individual contract between the waste hauler and your yeah. not-for-profit delivers to you as part of the deal oh or, wow or two we don't have the we don't have the space for it yeah but i think that's another area where i think you know not-for-profits collaboratively could really you know and i i don't want it to sound like i'm talking out of my ass because this is not where i am spending that's an a great inordinate idea, amount of my time right now yeah so i may be misstating or uh stumbling over my words when i even define this program but again anybody who's listening Check out Recycla and find yeah. out all the really interesting things that they are doing because the, the city gets sometimes a, a bad rap. It's a big, screwy city with lots of, you know, crazy overlapping political bodies, but they are doing some cool stuff. Yeah, there's some amazing things happening, and that's one of the things that I love the most about the Hollywood Food Coalition is that last word like realizing that you all aren't the the be all and end all oh god that like that you're one you're one i've heard you say it like you're one well i'll let you speak to it there are i believe 84 not-for-profits in hollywood alone working 84 yeah on different aspects of what it means to be you know what it means to be going through hard times yeah um just in Hollywood. Yeah, just in Hollywood. And and that's a lot of hard time. Well, I mean the thing is is that we all 84 of us don't necessarily know each other. We don't know where our missions overlap. We don't know how we can help each other. It's a hard challenge to try mm-hmm. and identify the groups, find out who's who, find out who's I mean some of those groups may consist of one guy in his apartment, you know, with a 501c3 status not doing much. You don't know. But the point is, to me, is that when you consider the need, you also have to consider that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are busting their ass to try, to try, perhaps against almost insuperable odds, given the things that are problematic in our society, to make a difference. And I do sometimes feel like we in this dark era in which we're living in have to remind ourselves that more people than not do give a fuck, Mm -hmm. you know? And we're doing, you know, sometimes it's hard. Sheila Cool the other night at a, at a meeting said, uh, we, we, I don't want to use the word rescue, 130 people are lifted out of homelessness every mm-hmm. day. Unfortunately, 150 people fall in. And we, we look at the 150 and we go, fuck, fuck, fuck. And we sometimes forget that's 130 people that wouldn't have been lifted out of homelessness if not for a lot of people who are trying real hard. Right, yeah. Um, the macro problems have to do with things that are problematic in our in our world. Yeah. You know, and, and doing what we can do on a local level doesn't change the fact that for whatever reasons, as a world and as a country, there's a lot of fear and a lot of fear leads to a lot of I'm going to protect my wallet. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't want to pay higher taxes, and I don't want to help the other. They're taking my money. And federally, we are, we are making it harder to create a social safety net that works. And unfortunately, that means that a lot of communities bear the brunt of that, particularly cities, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, there's only so much we can do on the ground locally. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Austerity is a weird thing. Um, feeding people also fear. is so... Fear is a weird thing. Fear is a weird thing, There's a reason yeah. why Roosevelt said the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Yeah. I mean, that to me is one of the most profound things a politician ever said, and he led with it. That mm -hmm. was what he basically led with in his inaugural address in 1932. It was really? a fundamental point he wanted to make. What is killing us is fear. Fear of the other. Fear of each other. Yeah. And there's a guy right now at the helm who unfortunately has a snake brain, and he understands that, and he uses fear mm -hmm. as a message to divide and rule. Yeah. And it is destroying us. And we have to fight back against that. Yeah. And I think the best way you can fight back, unless you're a professional politician, is on the ground in your community in something that allows you to say, I will not be fearful, mm -hmm. I will be helpful. Yeah. Being in community with people, it's so powerful. When I went um, back to my hometown for Thanksgiving, I was there for a week. And the narrative there is different because it's a very small town. It's like 6,000 people. But there is a place to get food, a warm meal, seven days a week. That's great. At a community kitchen. They're all at different churches. Mm -hmm. um, the church that I attended in my hometown, St. Timothy's Episcopal Church, is the spot for three of them. Mm -hmm. um, I helped get the one on Sunday started because there was nothing happening. And I was like, we're meeting here for food. Let's at least give them sack lunches. Um, and it was amazing because their Thanksgiving meal was all led by the folks from the community kitchen. And that's what they call them. They don't call them bread lines. It's not a bread line. It's not a soup line. It's much like the Hollywood Food Coalition where people come in. Meal engagement program. Yeah, it's a we... meal engagement program. Yeah. And it's so powerful because you have these folks that have money in my hometown that are coming out own it. It's not my hometown, but where I'm from, they have money. Is there and they're a plaque? Coming. Is there a sign that when I drive in, I'm going to say, "Oh look, it's, a, it's Scott's it's hometown." Scott's hometown. You might actually. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Brookings, Oregon, does not have that yet. <laughs> yet, but um, you hear that, Oregon? It was, it was so interesting because that's the biggest thing: is these people who have a lot of privilege, who have money, who have, I mean. They've had people come in and write $10,000 checks that just happen to be passing through town. They stop at a real estate yeah. office or they stop somewhere. They see the postcard because there's postcards all over town about it. Yeah. They stop at one of the churches. They're so amazed at what's happening. They give money and it's because it's right along the 101. There's all I, these I people got, from yeah, all over the funny, world. It's funny, you know, I got to say because I was on Star Trek and I... Oh, you were? I, I, yeah. So, so in my in my life, I one of the weird little ancillary benefits of being on Star Trek because it's a show that the... Uh, you know, has a huge fan base is you get to travel around the world and go mm -hmm. to these you know, fan conventions. Yeah. And I always kind of dug going to places and finding out like what some of the really interesting small local not-for-profits were. There's yeah. a place in Indiana, this, this little kitty shelter that, you know, it basically only exists to, to give, to give old cats a decent passing, you Aww. know, old crippled abandoned cats. And it's such a it's such a specific thing. But the woman who runs it, it's like you know she found her volunteer bliss. Mm -hmm. She saves the lives of old, yeah. and and she has devoted her life. Kid, a cat Haven, I think it's called. 
and I always I always give them a Christmas check because it's like you know I, I will never go again to bumfuck Indiana or wherever <laughs> this place was South Bend Pete. Pete, we're looking at you. I love you, Pete. I do. I love Pete. Um, oh, you do? I actually do. Oh, gosh. I do. And we can talk about that. Uh, we, no, we can't talk about oh, that. We we're not going to talk about that. No, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I, I love them I all. Don't. I love them all for different oh, reasons. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. You seem like to be that kind of person, as compared to As compared to Darth Vader, for God's sake. I mean... You know, Jesus Christ. Compared to the Emperor of the Death Star. Yeah, yeah. There's not a single one of them that wouldn't have an intelligent, humane cabinet and wouldn't be following intelligent, humane policies. That's true. And when we start getting into this whole, forgive me, I'm going to go off on my rant. When we start getting into this whole kind of, yeah, but so-and-so, but yeah, and I don't like that. It's like, no, 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 don't lose the forest for the trees. Yeah. You know, there's a difference right now we have to recognize between virtue and cruelty. Yeah. Virtue, don't goddamn look for perfect Look for virtue, yeah, and recognize it's opposed to cruelty. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a whole that's so, yeah, a whole anyway, conversation bum, about bum the culture Indiana. and where we've got to now. Exactly, Cat Haven, <laughs> Bumfuck Indiana. I think it's really cool to kind of bop around. You can even do it on the internet and find some really interesting small charity. Yeah, in some place that is a community. It may not be your community, but it's still a community. And drop them a check for a hundred dollars. It's so exciting if you're running an organization like that when you get a donation in the mail from like I got some, we got a check from Maui. Holy yeah. shit, what's Maui doing sending us money? It lifts your spirits. <laughs> it does. Oh my gosh, yeah, this could be finding your philanthropy bliss too. Wow, yeah, yeah. this is like multiple episodes in one, John yeah, Billingsley. Yeah, and, and you know, there used to be a show called The Millionaire back in the day. I date myself because I'm old, but okay. back in the day, The Millionaire was this guy, uh, John Beresford Tipton, who would okay. give a million dollar check to somebody. And the, every episode was the guy and the story of what he did with the check. Oh, wow. And, and I, I just thought it was kind of a cool premise. Okay. I also like the fact that the only actor in the show who was a series regular was a guy who delivered the check, and his only job every episode was to go, ding dong, hello, John Beresford Chipton is here to give you a million dollar check, and then he would leave. What a paycheck that guy got. He only had to show up for like one scene. When when was that show? 1960s. <laughs> okay. Check that out too. The Millionaire. The Millionaire. But I think that's kind of like a weird way that we can all be like that. Yeah. It's like we can all send arbitrarily, uh, almost anonymously, an occasional $25 check to some obscure goddamn not-for-profit in Timbuktu. They will be so happy when that check arrives. <laughs> KCAW.org, feel free to send them a check. The ones who got me started podcasting, they were not expecting what's happening now. I certainly wasn't expecting it. And they started in a small town where there's a whole bunch of nonprofits there addressing all sorts of issues because they're in the bottom rural part of Oregon and on the coast and everybody forgets about them. Yeah. And so they're kind of on their own in this county of 22,000 people and they're always like trying to like figure out how to do things with like yeah. the highest hunger rate the highest poverty yeah. rate the highest suicide rate the highest you know alcohol I know. And all rate of this stuff, yeah. I mean it's a bitch I mean I, I yeah. sometimes catch myself sounding Pollyanna-ish because I I really like this part of my life yeah um, but uh, there are days when it's like I just feel like banging my head against a wall because it's like oh my god this is hard shit but you're doing amazing things, though, and this concept. So I want to go back to this concept of, like, there's 84 nonprofits in Hollywood, yeah. right, working on this issue. And you all are one. One. With as many people as you help, you're one nonprofit. And we've talked about yeah, this and that's before. that's just in Hollywood. And then we talk about right. all the other communities in Los Angeles. But this idea that, like, we're not going to be able to be 
everything to everyone. Right. Right. And understanding that and understanding, especially when you're working with a grassroots nonprofit like A Million Drops or Hollywood Food Coalition or these nonprofits that are largely volunteer run. Yeah. Where everything's done by volunteers. But you can cross pollinate. I mean, for me, you can. The, the idea that we drop food off to you or the idea that, you know, I may know of a teacher who might be interested in coming to teach a class here. What'd you call it? What? Cross-pollinate? Cross-pollinate, How'd you yes. just use my word? 2020, John Billingsley, how'd you know that was the word? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't that know. was the I word. Oh, okay. so that's the secret word. Oh, Cross-pollinate. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. And I think that's that's absolutely what, what we, we can do more of. So do more of it how? Like, unpack that. Because I know what that means, but the listeners might not understand how that well, works with nonprofits. I mean, obviously, the biggest challenge, the logistical challenge, is because every single not-for-profit is always, you know, up to its eyeballs in work. It does mean that you've got to find a few people in each organization who kind of say, I really believe that there's value in getting to know my neighbor, not mm -hmm. for profits, finding out what they do best, seeing if what they do best can be um, brought perhaps to my organization, or mm -hmm. seeing if what I do best, my organization, can be brought to your organization. Mm -hmm. It's a little easier for me to talk about it because food is such a, a, a tangible commodity. We rescue food. Our goal would be to rescue more food and share it with more people. Mm -hmm. Cross-pollination might mean, hey, Charlie, at such and such an organization, do you have any volunteers that might be interested in working with us to go and rescue that food? Mm -hmm. We are now rescuing more food, and we're able to share it with more not-profits, and we've used a resource that you've helped provide to do it. Mm -hmm. If we flipped the script and said, okay, here's a not-for-profit that emphasizes teaching people who are homeless skills mm -hmm. and offering classes. Perhaps your action would be to go to various not-for-profits and say, within your volunteer bases, do you have people who might come to our facility and teach A, B, C, D, E, and could you kind of help us out by seeing if you could find some people? Mm -hmm. You know, That's cross-pollination. You can go. You go down the list. Service, service, service. Yes. Sharing more clothing. Mm -hmm. Sharing more shoes. Getting more people to more doctors' appointments. Mm -hmm. Yada yada yada. Better transportation. Yeah. Better hygiene. Anything that you could consider. Budgeting. We just had a conversation about that. People who have fallen into hard times that haven't had money, and then when they start to have money again, that idea of like, how do they then rethink of like, oh, what what is my life like to have structure again? And having someone that's willing to sit down with them and talk about that yeah. and have financial conversations with them, you know, and things like that, which is something that has come up in here before, but it's been a while since anyone's brought it up. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, I sometimes catch myself feeling kind of like I'm a bloviator and I don't mean to be because I'm really, I don't know what that word is. A blo blah, blah, blah guy, you know? Oh, I mean, yeah. There is a bloviator. A blo to bloviate is to is to hold. This is like the vocabulary to podcast. Hold, too. To hold forth at great and excessive length. You're obviously a voracious reader. Yeah, I am, but um, <laughs> and voracious that has multiple syllables. Come on. Yes. Oh, I, I know big words. I but... know you know big words. Come on. <laughs> no, I I I only say that because. There are a shitload of folks who have been doing this for years and years who know more than I know by umpteen degrees. Okay. I, I have things that impel me that mean something to me. One of the things that impels me, because I come from a theater background, and it was always about trying to wrangle a shitload of people into doing something complicated together, mm -hmm. is breaking down barriers that stop organizations from working together. Right. It's super hard to do. And I have no idea whether it, I, am, I am making any kind of difference or not. It's what interests me. 
I think it happens in this community. I think it could happen more. I see a lot of people who've worked their asses off to try and make it happen more, who mm -hmm. are probably having extraordinary success stories that I just don't happen to see. Mm -hmm. So in talking about this, I'm, I'm I want to make sure I don't come across like, you know, oh, yeah, Mr. Smarty Pants, Mr. Know-it-all. You don't know shit. It's already happening over here, 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 and here. It may well be. From my little mm. world where I sit, it is something that I would like to continue to try and do more of yeah. through my, my, you know, my limited efforts and my organization. You are not a bloviator. What you're saying is interesting because, and about when this episode airs, do you hear that, Bonnie? I am not a bloviator. <laughs> right? You hear that, that's, Bonnie? That's my wife. John is that's not a bloviator. Bonnie, hi, Bonnie. I am not a bloviator. <laughs> She's not here with us, but she might listen to this. If she were, she'd be going. Yeah, <laughs> she'd be rolling her eyes. He's a bloviator. <laughs> he's a bloviator. Uh, but what's interesting is, um, so there's a choir that I sing with, Urban Voices Project. They do. Uh, we do the music for the opening and closing of these podcasts, this little light of mine, ironically. And we, there's a fellow singer in the group named Cody, and he and I went through their neighborhood sing facilitation training, and their same thing, but with music, right? Music is their tangible thing, mm -hmm. and getting together to sing music and what that does and how that transforms the community and getting people who, you know, side by side with each other that are you know, advocates or people that are, have privilege of housing or whatever, alongside the folks that have the lived experience of homelessness, love Urban Voices Project for what they do with that. And we've been wanting to start like a choir here and get music going here. Micah and I have been talking about it for over a year and we want to get the neighborhood sing over here in the cafe at a million drops once a week. But what Cody and I have been talking about is this idea that there's really not a space in the city for nonprofits to go and send a representative and just gather, right? Yeah. And what we were talking about is how cool would that be to have a neighborhood sing here once a week and we reach out to nonprofits that are working with people yeah. who are surviving yeah. homelessness and allow them also because that's a big space where if they wanted to bring a table with some information and sign people up and have a little social time because that's one of the things we like to do here at A Million Drops is build community that's not really always around yeah. doing something. Sometimes we just gather for the sake of gathering. I mean, I think like Big Sunday or yeah. uh, Hollywood Forward does this with not-for-profits in a different way. Um, even the Chamber of Commerce. I mean, I don't, I don't think there are not mechanisms by which things of a similar nature are being done. It's just that y you can never gather enough, you know, mm -hmm. and that's my way of looking at it is, is I don't know any about homelessness and I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty connected. So if well, you're not, listening not, and you know about yeah. this, so find well, me I on social wanna, media. I, I shout me. out to Carrie Morrison and Hollywood Forward. I will say because you know, do they what, do stuff with homelessness? Well, I mean, the, what she did and what I thought was so beautiful is, you know, as a businesswoman through a bid, she twenty or so years ago said, "We we in the business community have to be more proactive about mm -hmm. dealing with this." And she found representatives and gathered representatives and Shanghai representatives from a multitude of not for profits and and variety of organizations to come around a table and talk about what they could do. And for 20 uh -huh. years, she has been, you know, as far as I'm concerned, kind of, and I've only gotten to know her a tiny little bit. Okay. She's now kind of heading the Trieste Project. Oh, you know yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. Which is okay. an extraordinary, yeah. I don't know if you talked about it, but that's an extraordinary, to me, that's a beautiful project. Steve Lopez has written about it in the LA Times. I've actually been following, actually, uh, that on yeah. social media but and Trieste Italy has, because she, of that. She has been, you know, uh, uh, to me, just sort of, you know, one of the godmothers in our community okay. for... for for doing the kind of work we're talking about. Yeah. 
So again, it's 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 I'm I'm making jokes to a certain extent. I sometimes find that I have to continually say, "Hey, I'm just an actor who started doing this because I wanted to get more involved in my community. I do not want to represent myself as as more knowledgeable than I am. I give a fuck, and I'm trying hard, and I'm learning as I go. But the, uh, there are I stand on the shoulders of of giants, or or. Is that even the right way to put that? There are some people who have built things in this community that allow me to even be here. And and she okay, is yeah. one of them. Sherry Banana was another one. Sure. Ma- Micah. I mean, Absolutely. there are leaders. But you, you are as well. And I think that's important to acknowledge that... Like, we are in a new time. There is a shift happening. We have, we have civic leaders in our community that asked the Supreme Court. We have a nonprofit, a large nonprofit that gets a lot of money that's supposed to be concerned. I won't name their name, but they're supposed to be concerned that wanted them to hear yeah. Voise versus Martin again and overturn it. Yeah. They want to criminalize homelessness again, and these people are... It makes me angry. So we're in a new time because what's happening is people are galvanizing on both sides of it. It's and tricky. And advocates, yeah, it's, some of the yeah. advocates that really they're in it for the wrong reason. Yeah. They'll they're 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 showing themselves as why they're involved well, and, in this. And when you but cons- people like yeah. you, because you're a lot more powerful than you realize, even though you're maybe a newcomer to this. It's the fact that you're showing up. It doesn't matter when you showed up. Right. Different people of us. We've showed up at different times to this work. Sure. But all of us are necessary. And that's the point is more people are going to continue showing up because what happens sometimes is sometimes people burn out. No, and they move on and they just go on to move to run a cat haven with cats. I just think I just find to me it's important for me. It's important when I look in the mirror to know that I have done uh, what I consider to be. Uh, a, a, a responsible thing, which is to say that that there is a line oh, of yeah. people who it's like a tug of war; it mm-hmm. never ends, you know. And different people put their time in on the rope. There are people who have put their lives on the rope line, mm-hmm. and I I stand in great admiration. I ha- I have my hands on the rope for this period of time. Yeah, and, and you know I will have my hands on the rope for as long as I can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I just know that I'm just a you know. <laughs> one guy amongst bajillions who have to be on the rope at different points in time mm-hmm. in their lives for as as best they can. Yeah. It's so important because this is what we're talking about, right? And I think that's will be the value when these, you know, singing community cross-pollination events start um, is it just being really informal, like yeah. it not being a meeting around a table because we all go to, I feel like we go to too many meetings. I want more doings and doings to me involves stuff like this, whether, whether it's in a room with just two people or yeah. there's a room full of 50 people and just two people are having conversations all around the room and imagine yeah. the community building and the things yeah. that could happen it's funny just though, by gathering a, in a positive way. As a guy way. who has to go to a lot of meetings, I sometimes find it's like, guys, we got to go, we got to sit at a table and talk about what we're going to do before we do it. Because I get the fact that everybody yeah. kind of goes and go out another meeting, but you know, unfortunately, you you can't. I I, li- I feel like one of the things that the trap in our world is because social media has so isolated us mm-hmm. that that I'm a pro meeting person. Yeah, I like meetings. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't always like them in the sense yeah. that sometimes they're boring and sometimes right. they're frustrating. But you don't get shit done if you don't look across the table. Oh yeah. 
what I do sometimes feel is that I wish meetings were more interactive. Mm -hmm. I wish meetings were designed to allow people to gab at each other. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, you know, but that's a, but you all, when you gather, you all get things done and you're efficient when you gather. And I think that's the thing that's missing from some meetings is some meetings are just to go to like, watch a PowerPoint and like, here's someone. And it's like, well, we could have all done that. in if we're not interacting, if we're not yes, having a discourse that, I, I agree and that. a dialogue to make decisions that. and make things happen, yeah. then why did we gather? No, does that I make agree. sense? It does. So let me clarify. Yeah. Effective meetings yeah. are important, but meetings yeah. that aren't effective. And one of the challenges that I find is that, is that I think in trying to see how, I mean, this is a very nascent thing for me. We, we, for one thing, our hope is eventually to have a home of our own. Yeah. I love the Salvation Army. They've been a marvelous landlord for us, and it's a great facility mm -hmm. for us, and we're not going to be able to get out anytime soon and right. build a home of our own. Yeah. But if and when we do, uh, my hope would be that what we are building is a home that would have a drop-in center where people can come in, take mm -hmm. a shower, you know, bring their stuff in, put it in storage, take a class, read a book, meet with a therapist, whatever. That day culminates in an evening meal. Mm -hmm. If we're going to ever be able to build that, we have to have partners. Right. And they have to have the same vision we have. They have to help us fundraise. They have to help us friend raise. So for us right now, a lot of the work is going out and really getting to intimately know other organizations. Those meetings, when we sit around a table and still have to get to know each other, mm -hmm. can be tricky because you don't know enough about the other guy to have the kind of, you know, let's get down to it conversation. Right that we can have in our own organization. Mm -hmm. When we have a meeting within our organization, we go right into, we gotta replace this refrigerator tomorrow. What's the, what's the plan? Boom, mm -hmm. boom, boom, go. Mm -hmm. When I sit down with like five people from other organizations, it's hard for it not to have to kind of be like, you know, uh, esoteric mm -hmm. conversation about purposes and values that don't necessarily lead to an immediate action item. Right. That's the challenge of cross-pollination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like dating. It's like you don't you don't really kind of get to go to bed until you've gone on a lot of dates or until you sing some songs together that everybody knows and you eat some cookies or that vegetables. That never worked on the dating and, front for me. Oh, it doesn't. No, anytime well, I I don't know. Maybe it was my, maybe it's me. Then I won't I invite you. Say, you're you're disinvited. Well, I'm just use, I'm just using the analogy. I just know. Uh, just, just kidding. Oh, I, I gave up on the dating world. Shadow um, of your smile. It's so I love you that song. It's a great song. You sing too. I do, I do sing. Wow, but, you're but very the, talented. The girls didn't like it. Are you in Cats? Uh, <laughs> I'm James Corden. Okay. Yeah. Where am I, Busy Phillips? I can't remember. I can't remember is either. She in that? No, she's not in that. <laughs> Somebody else. No, I thought it was all computer generated. Is, is it not? I, no, are there real I'm, actors in there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Dame only thing Judy Dench is the lead cat. She's it's, old Deuteronomy. I think so. Yeah. Oh. He's got an amazing cast. <laughs> I've never seen. They 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 went opposite gender. With I didn't, old I've Deuteronomy. never seen cats. Oh, I've, I saw I've cats when cats. I was nineteen. Sidebar. Um, I'm really stunned that every advertisement because I don't really watch TV, but every advertisement I've heard for it. On the internet, it's getting they're, ripped. They're, they're to bits. They're speaking. They're not singing, and there's no dialogue in the musical. It's I, all music, I, I, and that's part know. of the endearing yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> this this the sub theme of this is Cat Haven. That's the Cat sub theme Haven. of this podcast. Cat Haven. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, John, I am so thrilled that we finally actually got down to sit for a real episode of Real Good Stuff. Yes. Uh, I'm super inspired to go from 
eating at the Hollywood Food Coalition, right? That's how this kind of all came about, was like me eating there and and interacting with the people at the Hollywood Food Coalition and interacting with Brian and, you know, Coming volunteering over there. Oh, yeah, know. that's right. I went to the board retreat, yeah, right? You came to a couple of board meetings. Came to a board meeting. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. to the holiday party. Yes. Cried like a baby because I was so touched <laughs> when I left. I don't know if you remember that or not. I do. I remember but that. But I was leaving. I was sobbing so and I was like so in tears because here I was in this like house full of people and out on the patio full of people and people with a lot of privilege, right? And some faces that I recognized where I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh hey, cool, you're here, wow. And then realizing that like, there were also like, Sila was in the room, right? Yeah. Like there were other organizations that are grassroots, homelessness-based organizations that are in community, right? The same kind of thing, but you're in different parts of the city, I believe martinis gather people together. That's my, I think, uh, forgive me, and I realize that there are people who have um, issues with, uh, with drug and alcohol consumption. Greyhounds. But, um, you know, as a, as a person who, uh, who likes to throw a lot of parties, yes. I sometimes think the best way to get not-for-profits around the same table is to make sure that you've got a pitcher of margaritas. A pitcher, pitcher of margaritas. Uh, some grapefruit juice and vodka for me, with, please. With all, with all due recognition <laughs> that that's not for everybody, I right. totally get it. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it was just so beautiful. And I left, I left crying because I was, my heart was so full of joy to see people... And I forgot the woman's name, but the woman who you all honored, the um, Sarah Black, Sarah, Sarah Black, Black, who'd been with the Food Coalition for thirty-two years, thirty-two years, still working in the kitchen in her seventies, and just like even right now, like I just I'm like tearing up thinking you're about like you're getting verklempt. I'm getting verklempt, and that that thought of like there's people out there, and like what she said about like when she shared that about taking her grandchildren. And because that's happened here too with people who have brought like kids to see a million drops or to events. I love this. I love it when people bring their kids to our kitchen. They're just people like you and me, Grandma. I love it. I love it. They're just people like you and me. And it's just that's the amazing thing that our gardening teacher, Charles Malky, shares about that in an episode that's about to air of season one of Real Good Stuff. And we talk about that. And he talks about coming here. You know, that's and how Sherry got involved. Really? Sherry, our executive director, got involved with the Hollywood Food Coalition because she was concerned that her kids growing up in Los Angeles and she, you know, she and her husband were doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, were going to grow up excessively privileged, but they weren't going to understand what it was like to live in the world. Yeah. So she volunteered with the Hollywood Food Coalition because she wanted her kids to get involved. And all these years later. And all these years later, here she is. And, Still. And I see all the time people bring their kids in and they help yeah. make the fruit salad, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I love the fact that this is a no barriers organization. We mm. have no barriers when it comes to the people we serve and we have no barriers when it comes to the people who volunteer. And I think that's really important. That that old you know tune from... Uh, from uh, oh god what is south pacific they have mm-hmm. you have to be carefully taught you have to be carefully taught to hate and you have to be carefully taught to give back mm-hmm. you know yeah and i think it's really important that this would be a big point of mine is that if you if you run a not-for-profit if you are in the not-for-profit world figuring out a way to make volunteering opportunities available for children i think mm-hmm. is a critical benefit yeah. to our society absolutely i was a foster what do they call it 
a foster grandkid when I was okay. like uh, 10 or 11 or 12 yeah. years old. I remember what it was. It was basically older people who didn't have families, and you basically oh, yeah. present yourself as their grandkid, and you yes. do the things that they want to be able to do with a grandkid. Yeah. So I would go to the zoo, or we'd sit around, and they'd read the funny papers to <laughs> me. It. And, um, yeah, it was really cool. I don't even know how I fell into it, but I just so, I thought, what a cool, even at the time I was just a kid, it was like, this is a cool thing. Yeah, it is cool. Grandparents are awesome. I love the Hollywood Food Coalition in so many ways. I do too. Yeah. Check them out on social media. Uh, Hollywood Food Coalition is on Instagram and Facebook. Indeed we are. Please like them and follow them on both places. And go to hofoco. H-O-F-O-C-O dot O-R-G and sign up to volunteer. It's a great experience. I've done it. Yes, it's you fabulous. You could too. If you yeah. really fall in love that volunteer experience, you can eventually take my place as co-volunteer <laughs> executive director. You can work your way up for making way. fruit salad yeah. because they love fruit salad. Yeah. And you'll get paid the exact same, same amount. amount. <laughs> Exorbitance. Exorbitance. Uh, thank you, John Billingsley. I really appreciate you. And I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to build this coalition of nonprofits in Hollywood and start doing some more cross-pollination work around food and music and learning. Shall I, and shall I sing us out? Do you want? Oh, please do. The shadow of your smile. I don't know the words, but it's a pretty song. It rhymes with words. Turns. Words. <laughs> I really should have picked a song I know. You really should have, but that's I okay. Uh, I love it. I appreciate you a lot. Thanks for laughing with me. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for listening to Real Good Stuff. Our special guest today, John Billingsley, the co-volunteer director. Co-volunteer executive director. Executive director of the Hollywood Food Coalition. Find out more at hofoco.org. Thanks for listening to Real Good Stuff. Special thank you to our sponsor, A Million Drops. .org and sure microphones for the impeccable sound quality. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye. It's good